0: Hey, pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona.
1: And I'm Stephanie. And this is the podcast where we play superhero games and then talk about them and how they work.
0: It absolutely is. Steph, I am so excited to be able to do this project with you. There are so many superhero games out there, and they all work differently. They tell different stories, they're trying to fit in with different parts of superhero fiction.
1: They have different goals. One might even say they resemble different lines of different superhero comics. And we are not literally going to play them all, but we're going to play as many as we can one by one.
0: So the way this show is going to work is we are going to do an actual play of a superhero RPG, one shot length, the two of us, maybe a guest or two, depending on the game. And we'll have a few episodes where you can listen to these games as they're played.
1: And then we will have an episode called Back Matter where we discuss how they work, what worked and what didn't, and what we think of the system.
0: And Steph reviews and teaches comics, so she's also going to have some recommendations of comic books that are going to fit in with each of the games that we play.
1: As will our guests.
0: So what's up first? What's our first game?
1: Our first game is Anyone Can Wear the Mask by Jeff Stormer. And that game is based on Beyond the Rift by Deep Anyway.
0: This is a great game for three players. One player is going to play the hero. One player is going to play the villain. And the other player is the city that the two of them share.
1: This is a game that tells stories about a superhero and their city and their relationship to the people in it and the city as a whole, the city that they try to save and do save. And if you think about the relationship that Superman has to Metropolis, the relationship that Ms. Marvel, at least in the comics, has to Jersey City, the relationship that Luke Cage and Daredevil and Spider-Man have to different parts of the five boroughs of New York. This is a game about that kind of thing.
0: The way this game is going to work mechanically is that we'll have a deck of cards, and as we flip over each card, it's going to tell us about the scene we're going to play. It's going to say which of the four neighborhoods of the city it takes place in, and it might be a threat, someone in danger, or it might be a quiet scene between our hero and someone important to them. Eventually, the villain is going to cause the hero's downfall in a big dramatic scene At the very end, the hero is going to have an uprising where they save the day. We had a great time playing with our friend Cece, and we can just go to the tape. We'll play, we'll play, we'll play. All right, it's the start of a new run. We're opening up the first issue. It's Anyone Can Wear the Mask by Jeff Stormer. Steph, are you ready for this?
1: I am. I am. I think I am.
0: Excellent. Good to hear that. Well, I am super excited to introduce our guest who's going to be playing with us for this game. They are a GM, a player. It's Cece Mancuso. Cece, welcome to Team Up Moves.
2: Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Anyone Can Wear the Mask is a little unique in the way that it divides up the player roles. Cece, can you tell us who or what you will be playing today?
2: So today I will be playing the city itself. I will be the setting in which the story is taking place, and I will also be playing the role of some of the environmental factors that might affect uh, some of the action taking place.
0: You have prepared four neighborhoods that our hero is going to be heroing in. Why don't you give us some descriptions of those?
2: Absolutely. So we do have four neighborhoods that we will be running around in today. Neighborhood number one has been nicknamed Kayfabe. It started off as Washington East and Washington West. People shortened that to WWE and then it hopped sideways from there. Its most memorable feature is a long covered mall alley system, which hosts the city's largest contiguous collection of counterfeit sellers. <laughs> so if it passes muster here, it may as well be real. Neighborhood number two is VR Heights, Von Ray Heights. It is the epicenter of the queer scene and the counterculture of the city, with a little bit of a flair for the technological. So you've got your computer cafes, your norebongs, and of course your alt-indie music venues. Neighborhood number three is Millennium Square. used to be a little quirkier and a little bit more diverse, but it's been hollowed out, unfortunately, by gentrification, a big facelift around the year two thousand. It is increasingly the territory of tech bros and tourists, for better or worse, but it is still home to some beautiful old buildings and a lovely park. And last but certainly not least, we have University Center, which is home to several schools, but perhaps the most notorious is the city's School of Art and Design, which has been nicknamed, perhaps ironically, NOSAD. It is chocker block with starving artists, makeshift rooftop gardens, and it also is a, it has a fantastic food scene if you're willing to brave those student crowds. Its biggest claim to fame is a bodega that will deep fry at just about anything that you bring them after 10 p.m. on a Friday night. So good.
0: Thank you for that. Now, there are tons of heroes in New Arcadia, but there's one in particular that we're going to be meeting today. Stephanie, tell us about your hero.
1: Okay. So I'm going to be playing Petunia Petalowski, whose hero name is Toon. And in her civilian life, she is a rock musician. And she's been a rock musician for quite a while. She's early 50s although she doesn't like to talk about that. And she has been in the scene for so long. She is currently in three bands, Tuning Fork, Tall Tales, and Cat Ears. And if you're going out to the clubs tonight to see who's playing, you might be seeing any of those three bands. But if it's one of the big clubs like the Hemisphere or the Northwest, she's probably not going to be headlining unless it's like On Monday because she's never really broken through. She's been songwriting, she's been singing, she's been playing bass and keyboards and a little guitar and some French horn here and there, (laughs) though that didn't work out very well. But she's really, you know, never had that breakout hit that would make her a national name, even a national indie name. And one of the reasons is that she's been pretty busy with her hero identity, tune. And as tuned, she's got a whole bunch of powers related to airwaves and sound. She can slow down or speed up or alter moving airwaves, which are sound and which are also motion. So she can slow you down, or maybe if she tries hard knock you over with a force blast, she can amplify your voice or make it unintelligible. She can probably throw a chair at you. She can't lift a car or stop a bullet, but she can make it hard to fire a gun. She controls moving air, and she has been known to use those powers on stage to get some pretty cool sounds out of her instruments and her drummer's drumming. But she's not really someone who talks about how they make those sounds, because her identity is a secret, but it is an open secret. There are really dozens of people in this scene, especially around uh, Von Ray, who know that Petunia Petalowski... Who goes by Petunia or Petalo in her bands, uh, who know that she's Tune, but it is not a matter of public record to find out that she's Tune. You would have to be looking hard and know the right people. In terms of who you want to see, if you are the kind of person who wants to see these comic book panels in your head, she's about five foot three and kind of stocky. And if you know about Dazzler, who is also a pop music themed hero, Petunia knows about Dazzler, too, and she is definitely not that. She does own some Dazzler comic books, but she just, that's, that's not how it is. That's not what it is for a, a real-life, long-term, grown-up working musician. She has a great deal of respect, of course, for the disco ball, but that's, that's not what she does. We're looking at someone who, in her civilian life, owns many different colors of jeans, but a lot of black ones, and a lot of button-downs that are kind of beat up and has short spiky hair that changes color every week right now it's kind of got a green and pink kind of peppermint vibe and as a hero in her hero costume it is a kind of dull red with little white sound waves around it and there is a mask that covers most of her face those who know who she is know who she is but those who don't know don't know yet
0: excellent now, just, just to clarify, she can throw a chair with the sound, or she just throws chairs?
1: So, both of those are correct. Okay. She can th- a chair is probably the heaviest object that she can use her powers to throw. She has been known to throw chairs at unruly or inappropriate showgoers, especially during the Riot People era, when everyone you know, thought that Tall Tales was going to make it big. But again, a lot of throwing chairs... An album and half in a can. <laughs> Still playing around town.
0: Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, I am playing the final role, and that is that of the villain. But right now, the identity of the villain is shrouded in mystery. We're going to have some, some threats and that sort of thing happening, and the villain will be revealed when Toon's downfall comes a little later on. But we've got a bunch of locations, a bunch of people to save before that happens. So, Cece, you are the city. Why don't you pull the first card?
2: All right. Our first card is the King of Spades.
0: Ooh, that's a good one to start us out with. The king is representing someone in power who is far removed from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And this is someone who could make the city a better place for everyone, but they choose not to as the rules say, these people are not your friend, hero. Now, the King of Spades is described as someone with illicit connections, well-armed and dangerous. And this is someone who is definitely in kayfabe. I get to describe who they are and what corrupt deed they've done to attract your attention tune. And I'm going to say, well-armed and dangerous, I mean, this is this is saying mob, mob boss to me. I think that tune, you are used to being able to go to kayfabe. There's pawn shops. There's other, you know, Hey, some of the stuff might be counterfeit, but if it's a counterfeit drum machine that works, you get a little cheaper. That's fine. That's right. Um, but. Uh, there's, there's sort of this, this new player who is consolidating some of these seedier places, making it harder for you and the other people in VR Heights to get the equipment they need. Uh, prices on this equipment is going up. And, uh, honestly, it's kind of a bit shoddier as well. So. I'm gonna actually toss this to you, Stephanie. What's their name?
1: The name of the boss who is consolidating the pawn shops.
0: Yes, the King of Spades. So
1: this is Topher Anderson with three S's. It's an affectation. He's kind of snake themed, and he's also actually Swedish. But used to have two S's. Now it's it's three. He comes from the Swedish pop establishment the same thing that brought us you know stuff like max martin and you know girl in red but he's kind of a jerk so they didn't want to work with him anymore so he came over here and brought his charisma and his capital and his knowledge of musical instruments over here and is really pretty much headed for a monopoly on the musical instrument market at least secondhand
0: and it's a real tragedy. And it's awful. uh, but you know, so far none of this has been proven illegal. So, you know, consolidation is viable under capitalism. So you can't touch him yet, too. Not yet. So CC, the city, describe this person's place of power. It's opulent, decorated with obvious displays of power and luxury. How does it stand in contrast to the rest of the city?
2: OK, so are we saying this person is this person is a reseller?
0: I think they've they've like they've like maybe bought up the pawn shops and sort of the other things.
2: Yeah.
0: Ooh, is there like a guitar set? Like it,
2: that is-, is
1: exactly what he's doing. And he's doing it for the guitar stuff and for the electronic stuff and for anything really other pawn businesses as well.
2: OK, so there's a specific block in Kayfabe, which is the place to go for these kinds of goods. Up until now, it's been a slightly sketchy but still charming and characterful block of independent resellers, each with their own quirks, their own knowledge, and their own specialties. But that was until Topher Anderson arrived. He has quickly set about buying up the block And converting it into a high end, one stop shopping, actually not as good a quality as the price would indicate, (laughs) uh, super center for musical accoutrement. All
0: right. So, Tune, you just have to make a note of this person's name and remember them. Topher is going to be getting in your way in Kayfabe. You're going to have minus one die in this neighborhood until you can deal with them. Next card.
2: Okay. All right. Big players coming out right from the beginning. We next have the King of Diamonds.
0: My goodness. So this is someone with great wealth and status, and they're going to be in University Center. I'm feeling Chancellor, President. President might be good. So I'm going to say that Nosad has a new president. Her name is Miranda Evansby. And it is all about the donor gifts for her. And you know what? Starving artists, they don't really make contributions to the university, at least not the kind that she is is interested in on the endowment balance sheet. So I think that we're seeing some of the more interesting classes perhaps getting getting canceled those professors being reassigned to do you know to do work that's going to train the students to be artists who will successfully be able to give back to the university so a lot of work in illustrating puzzles that would sell at Disney World etc that is that is who your nemesis is in UniCenter and it's really bringing down the students in no sad making them sad Cece, what is their place of power? What is her place of power?
2: I'm going to say that Mirinda's place of power is a newly renovated alumni relations center on campus, which until recently was a rather beloved student hangout, a place to maybe finish your projects at 2 a.m. when they're due at 9 a.m. studio. And yet now it is glossy, it is modern. But it has lost the soul that the students imbued it with as they frantically finished their projects in the wee hours.
0: Okay. So once again, tune. you need to remember their name, do the little eye pointy gesture, and move on. You can't touch her yet.
2: Miranda
1: Evansby. Miranda Evansby. I can't touch her yet.
2: Card number three is the Eight of Spades.
0: Okay. So now we're getting into Somewhere in Imminent Danger. So the way this works is, Cece, you will describe a scene to the hero. It is in imminent danger. The danger isn't there yet, but describe what's going on, who the people are, where Toon is finding herself, and then I come in. And it's also in kayfabe.
2: Mm, Interesting. In which case, the space in kayfabe that is in imminent danger... Is a three-story food court set back from the street just slightly. It has the aesthetic of a of a compact strip mall with a number of mom and pop shops. Nothing there costs over five dollars, and uh, it is early evening. Every establishment is hopping, and there are even some people waiting outside, knowing that it's worth the wait.
1: So we're hungry, and. Cat ears is playing tonight, and Cat ears is a three-piece, and our electronics master person, who provides a lot of the, the percussion stuff, is just like off getting ready and dealing with a whole bunch of engineering stuff, and they're going to show up at the gig, but I am going to get a bite to eat first, because we're not on for a couple hours, with our bass and cello and harmonium player who no one knows her real name. It's probably hard to pronounce, but she just goes by Harm because of the harmonium. (laughs) There may be more to her than than we know, but as far as I know right now, she's a harmonium player. And we are going for Urbanese food. Urbania being a Mediterranean country that has an immigrant community in the city And there is this amazing, just tiny Urbanese place in the food court. And uh, Harm and I are just standing in the queue, waiting to get our four-dimensional sandwiches. That's what they call them. They like, you don't know how they get that many fillings into that shape. Uh, But it's an Urbanese specialty. So we're just like kind of standing outside at dusk, and we're right there. We've got our primary instruments on our back. Uh, We're just... You know, because we're, we're just getting the bite and going straight to the gig.
2: All right. So presumably uh, Tune and Harm are also all kitted out for the gig, too.
1: That's right. In, in civilian outfit, which for cat ears means, for cat ears on a hot night, means probably uh, pink denim shorts and um, this kind of like sleeveless pocketed bright paisley top. So not exactly butch, but not exactly femme. And very, very
2: moving around on stage. I'm going to suggest that as you wait in line, that it starts to rain, which could be a big problem for your very carefully chosen outfits and also the instruments that you're carrying with you to the gig.
1: I thought I had an umbrella. I really, really thought I had an umbrella. Harm? Harm? Have you got an umbrella or just a very good waterproof instrument case? Because our instruments are going to be fine. But we're going to be very, very wet.
2: I think Harm, at least before a gig, is a person of few words. And Harm's pronouns are? Uh,
1: harm's pronouns are she, her.
2: Cool. Uh, so uh, Harm is, uh, is a person of few words. And so in response to your query, she just opens the instrument case and holds it above you, carefully trying <laughs> to keep it within the bounds.
1: <laughs> um. I'm here for the In that. a kind of unobtrusive way, I use my powers to just kind of produce a little bit of an updraft to make it easier for Harm to hold that up. Okay. All right. Uh, But I, I, I don't lift my own arm to try to hold it up over us because I want to save my energy for the gig and also she's standing so close to me that i run the risk of elbowing her in the face
0: all right i think that we're gonna start with some some classic street level superhero villainy here while this is happening you hear someone shout stop thief there is a purse snatcher dodging through the through the lines and maybe ducking under tables running right past you tune Ooh. What do you do?
1: Petunia is not going to change into her costume and go after a malefactor if she doesn't have to, especially because she's hungry and they go on, in, you know, an hour or two. So she is going to try to prevent the purse snatcher from getting anywhere by tripping him up and making it hard for him to breathe, moving the air around his head so that it gets to be turbulent at his feet if this works he will start coughing and trip and fall over and get really tired and then the people around him who are civilians will be able to stop him and get the purse
0: back All right. Well, let's see if this works. So this is kayfabe. This is not your home neighborhood of VR Heights. It's not your sort of other stomping grounds of uni center. So you're normally rolling one die here, but because Topher Anderson is out and just making this place worse, you're rolling zero dice on this tune. And so what that means is I've got two and you get the lower number. Ooh. That's still a five. You rise to the occasion and manage to save the day. What great moment of heroism do you achieve?
1: The great moment of heroism that I achieve here is that we get our Tesseract sandwich and a crowd forms around this purse snatcher and there's a general vibe of the city takes care of its own. No one knows it's me. I would be very happy for Toon to be locally celebrated as a hero in the scene. Uh, But I've got a semi-secret, and open secret identity to preserve. I'm very hungry. We go on tonight. And I want that sandwich. And I have the quiet inner satisfaction of having stopped a minor piece of violent crime against a person and given the city the feeling that it's just kind of the crowds in the city taking care of it.
0: Excellent. Ready for the next card?
2: Ready. Ready. All right, our next card is the eight of hearts.
0: So hearts means we are going to VR Heights. And if it's another eight, that means that we're going to have a bit of a recurring threat in this place as well. Cece, you're the city. Why don't you set this scene?
2: All right. Uh, We are at one of the venues that Toon plays at regularly. This is the Forked Tongue. A very striking sign. It is a space that its interior is covered in hand painted scenes of the Garden of Eden. It is a lush space, but all of that lushness has not been created by wealth, but rather by the hard work of local artists who have made this space what it is. Um, all of the, uh, all of the drinks and food are uh, biblically themed uh, with a tongue-in-cheek uh, twist. And there is an aesthetic of wrought iron leaves and flowers uh, among the tables and chairs of this establishment.
0: Tune is this where you're playing tonight? It is. This is the Cat
1: gig tonight. We're opening for the More, M-O-R-E. And feeling a little bit underdressed, but uh, love the crowds here. I believe it is a seated venue, so they they don't really get up and dance, but they are appreciative. They know what we're doing.
0: Now, who's working the merch table?
1: Oh.
2: Working the merch table tonight is Antonia. Uh, she is wonderful. She is effusive and bubbly. She is the sort of person who can line up a room and the sort of person who you can't help but have a smile on your face when you're within a 10-foot radius of her.
0: Well. As she is is working there, there is a bit of a distraction and grab and go. I think there's branded cat ear like headbands, and someone very purposefully knocks the rack over while another miscreant grabs the cash box and bolts tune What do you do uh are we
1: playing on stage or? Is the Moore playing at, by this point, or are we, do we have yet to go on?
0: Oh, that's a good question. How would you like to do this?
1: <laughs> well, I think that we are going on in about 20 minutes. Harm and I and uh, Day, who is our like percussionist electronics person, see this, and- Day has just learned that I'm tuned and Harm is known for a while because she's been in so many of my bands. So I ask them to go on stage and set up without me. And we are going to change the set list a little bit. We're going to open with the song Rise Like a Loaf, which begins with a whole bunch of sort of slowly rising action before the vocals come in. So it'll give me a little bit more time to do what I want to do, which is do a quick change and go after the cash box snatcher. If somebody gets away with the ca- like that's just you can't have that. And there's probably stuff that goes back to the venue at the end of the night in there, too. You, you can't do that. Uh, so I am going to uh, run through the corridors around the restrooms and do a quick change and come out in costume as Tune defender of the scene. And uh, try to grab this guy before he gets out the door, or maybe while he gets out the door. I think if, if this works out, I'm going to grab him at the exit.
0: All right. So VR Heights, as we said, this is your home turf. So you get three dice and the highest one of these. tune. that's a six. You push past your limits and become something greater than yourself. How do you inspire the people? Um, You'll get to recover one injury, which you don't have. So instead, you get to take a point of inspiration. Ooh,
1: okay. I am about to be able to stop the guy by leaping at him while using my powers. And I realize that this kid, Kay, who is an a spy who wants to be in bands and like does this online zine and has generally like been sending me fan mail is standing near the exit. Cause they haven't gotten in yet. And instead of nabbing the cash box snatcher myself, I use my powers to slow them down and shout, Kay, stop that guy. And Kay just reaches out their foot and trips them. So Kay gets the feeling of being involved in defending the scene themselves. Aww. It's so cute. And there's a there's a panel. That is a close-up of the, these, like, all the colors in the rainbow chucks. And you see one panel, and it's Kay's, both of K's feet are on the ground. And it's kind of a scummy ground, because it's, you know, it's where you get into the club. It's not the nice part. Then there's a panel of, of Kay tripping this guy who's been slowed down by powers. And then there's a third panel where you see the guest list, and Kay's name is on it. Nice.
0: You get to add Antonia's name to the list of people that you have helped and saved. It's going to be important to, to draw on that later on when things are not going to be going as well for you, too.
2: Yes, you've managed to avert disaster before even her mascara can begin to run.
1: <laughs> Antonia, of course, does the whole cat eye thing to sell cat ears merch. It was just a band name to begin with, but now it's gotten into this whole presentation thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, next card. Our next card is the Six of Clubs.
0: Okay, this brings us to Millennium Square. Was Cooler, now gentrifying. What's our scene, Cece?
2: Our scene is a fancy coffee shop that has been styled to appear as if a French train station, utterly inexplicably. Lots of white marble, lots of severe black countertops, minimalist in large regard, uh, the kind of menu signs that look like chalkboards but are in fact printed, taking out all oh, the soul God. of having handwritten chalk oh, no. menu boards. I didn't even know
0: that's a thing. That's
2: that's the feel of this particular upscale coffee joint in Millennium Square. Oh, I
0: don't like this feel. Oh, no. Toon, why are you even here?
1: Well, it's not like being in my bands and superheroing is going to pay my rent. Uh, I am an admin assistant. I work for a long-term temp company, and they send me around to do different admin gigs. And right now, I answer the phone and take notes and coordinate meetings for Geometrico, which is, I don't know if you can call it a startup, because it's been around for a couple of years. But no one's quite sure what it does, but it's a big deal. And of course, it has most of a snazzy four-story building in Millennium City. And sadly, because of what's happened in Millennium City, this place is the closest place for me to get like a cup of coffee and, you know, a blueberry muffin before I go back to work.
0: All right. Well, you are you are sitting there uh, enjoying your, your coffee and muffin. Uh, when you see New Arcadia has like, Trackless trolleys, so, you know, sort of buses with uh, that are still connected to electricity wires overhead when a car like just slams into the side of it. And you, you kind of look over quickly and actually the uh, the driver of the car was was reading a newspaper and had it on auto drive, but it did not miss this bus full of people. And so there's a screeching sound. Um, the bus is tipping over. There's smoke pouring out from under the car. Tune, what do you do?
1: Oh, no. Okay. I am going to run to where I get a sight line for the vehicle accident. I'm going to yell, call 911, because I'm one of the first people to see it. Has, has the accident already occurred? Is there smoking wreckage or is it about to occur?
0: No, it has happened by the time you're able to like get on it.
1: Ooh. So I have some basic first aid training. I can use my powers to make CPR more effective if there are people who need it. And I can use my powers to make it easy to lift things off people if people are under things. What do I see? Are there people trapped under a vehicle? Are there people who seem like they're bleeding out? Yes. Has anyone passed out?
0: Uh, So I would say the car slams into the side of of the, the bus, the trackless trolley, and it's tipping over kind of on top of the car. So the driver of the car is definitely trapped under there. And then there is, in the bus, people have been sort of thrown around. And so there is some immediate need for medical attention as far as uh, broken bones and that kind of thing.
1: I'm going to blast the door of the bus. And I have had time to change into costume. I've got got my costume on under my work clothes. I don't know if I'm going to get my work clothes back because I just threw them aside. uh, But I'm hoping nobody saw. I'm going to use my powers to open the bus door and open windows so that people can get out. They're not trapped in the bus. And I'm going to try to use my powers to open the car doors, like all of them, to just shove them open the way you would if you were jimmying them without breaking any glass so that the trapped driver can get out. And if the the driver's still trapped, I'm going to go in there and try to just be a person who helps the driver get out.
0: Let's turn this over to the dice. It's Millennium Square. Again, not really your scene, so we're rolling one die. You got a two. You managed to stop this threat, but it's messy. How do you stop it? What goes wrong along the way? And either take an injury or cause collateral damage?
1: There is broken glass everywhere. And one of the passengers has a broken arm that he thinks came from me opening the door. So he's, instead of being you know, grateful or waiting for medical assistance or wa- waiting other passengers, kind of glaring at me as I help the driver of the car out of the car shouting some hero you are you broke my arm oh no i've also lost my street clothes so i'm gonna either have to go into work as tune or call in sick for the rest of the day or head to a very overpriced boutique clothing shop when everyone's rescued and buy admin assistant office clothes to go back to work that'll probably cost more than I'm being paid to work that day. It is not a good day.
0: All right, well you did save the driver though. So uh I what's did. what's their name? The driver
1: goes by Astrid. Okay.
0: So you've saved Astrid. She's
1: not actually Swedish. She's not actually Swedish. Her parents just like the name.
0: Okay. Are you taking an injury or collateral damage? Now, mechanically, the difference is an injury is going to give you minus 1 die on all of your rolls until you're able to heal that Mm -hmm. and collateral damage is going to discard off the top of the deck
1: i think i got hurt doing this uh i do not have a lot of recent experience pulling people out of partially smashed partially patched vehicles and that's really not something that moving air powers can help me do so i have twisted my ankle and bruised up my shins in trying to get astrid out but she did get out. She's not trapped anymore.
0: Okay. like Ready for the next scene.
2: Our next card is the Queen of Spades.
0: Well, this may be your opportunity to recover that injury tune because we're going somewhere personal. You have a responsibility to the city, but you also have a life of your own. And you are meeting up with a friend, a loved one, someone that you can count on and who can really count on you. This is someone who knows the real you. Spades means that it's someone connected to the hero's origins. And CC, you get to describe this scene and connect it to Toon's home space. And I get to remove that injury that you just got, Toon.
1: So do I make up the person I'm meeting or is that the city's job?
0: I think you two can collaborate. And then, tune. you will get to have a, a takeaway, sort of describe what you, what you get from this meeting. So it's chilling out with someone who's connected to your origins. And I think we could probably say that that's superhero origins or musical origins.
1: Can it just be Harm? We've already met Harm. That's someone I'm really close to. She's been around. She's been in bands with me for so long.
2: Is that, is that kosher based on our, our rule set?
1: Yeah, I know. I think that totally works. I've been in bands with Harm at this point for most of my life, and she was one of the first people to learn my open secret. And I don't even remember anymore whether I told her before she figured it out or whether she figured it out before I told her, but she just knew. And our connection is strong not just because she supports me in in all my roles and not just because she's been so much fun to play with but also because the other person who was in on my secret that early is not around anymore
2: Mm, tough
1: yeah yeah
2: as far as the location you're meeting in i'm getting a modest brownstone in a, a an entire row of such brownstones it is it has a bright door as do most on this street but this is the only one with a a violently pink door. <laughs> so it stands out. The inside, the aesthetic of this particular uh row house is eccentric to say the least. There are a variety of objects attached to every square inch of the walls, the owners of which you're 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 not sure of their providence. Let's let's be clear. Uh this is a one-bedroom row home that definitely plays host to far more than one resident. It's more or less a crash pad, a space that people cycle in and out of to rest in between their gigs. And it's, it's not so much a place where it's any one person's bedroom. It's, it's our bedroom. Harm
1: has, has lived here off and on for quite some time and is part of the rotation of people who sort of keep the space functional.
0: Do we have... I mean, did you want to do a scene?
1: Are we doing a scene?
2: I'm going to say this is a patch up scene. It is harm pulling out the super old fashioned like peroxide, cotton balls, the most basic of first aid just to to deal with those scrapes. And as far as the uh the the twisted ankle is concerned, you've got a bag of frozen edamame on your ankle, yes. uh, kind of just maybe tied on there with a with a, a neckerchief while uh, while harm works on your your scrapes and uh, with the peroxide.
1: And we've got a panel that's just a close up on the bag of frozen edamame, and the kerchief is bright purple and has a little arrow pattern on it.
0: Agreed. That's some A plus pandering. I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> you gotta state your sources because Petunia always wants to give back to the scene. While she's kind of lying on the couch awkwardly and Harm is, you know, binding my wounds, I am using my powers to vacuum because, oh my God, the dust bunnies. Like, people just don't clean this place because nobody has time and everybody's got their music to be making and their art to be pursuing. You know, you can't do everything. But one thing about uh, moving airwaves and vibration powers is that you can pretty much be a vacuum cleaner. So, you've got a couple of little panels around that. There's a a page that's the main what we're seeing of of harm binding up my wounds. And then there's little panels that show the vacuuming happening and the dust going all into one space. And it's just you see the room again, and it looks like someone has has cleaned the lens.
0: (laughs) So, this I have removed your one injury. So, even before it, it came into effect. And lastly, Toon, how does this help remind you about why you wear the mask? This house, which Harm and
1: I privately call Kayopectid House, has been not just a symbol of interdependence and mutual support in the city for decades, of a, a just an arts community, but a source of it. It's a little far from where I live, right? It's in Kayfabe. It's it's not convenient, but it's a really good symbol of. What, um, what I'm defending, uh, what, what I'm standing up for, not, not just a whole bunch of people, but what people are able to do when we work together.
2: <laughs>
0: right, let's go to the next card.
2: Our next card is the Five of Hearts.
0: All right. We are going back to VR Heights, the city. What's the scene? Who's there?
2: Hmm. Okay. This is a cafe in VR Heights. It is also eccentric in its aesthetic. Uh, This is... Okay, I'm just imagining Paper Moon Cafe in Baltimore, and I'm trying really hard to describe it without just saying that it's Paper Moon Cafe in Baltimore. This is a cafe with lime green walls, purple tables. It is a cafe that is filled with a variety of dolls dressed to the nines in the highest of drag fashion. Um there's sequins everywhere. There are definitely disco balls here. And for a place that has this out there of a, a decorative aesthetic, the food is so familiar and comforting, um and totally a contrast. It is classic uh diner fare. The best uh the best fraps in the city, and it's the kind of place where if you go there even twice, everybody knows your name.
0: Well, everyone would know your name except that the usual staff is not working there today. They are on strike. They have recently organized a union and are in a dispute with management. Tune, you see them in a picket line in front of the cafe and there are scab workers inside and the people who are there are crossing through the picket line. It's it's just like the demonstrating workers are just not getting enough attention or not making it clear. Like, hey, I don't know. People haven't seen picket lines in a long time. They don't know you're not supposed to go through them. So, Toon, what do you do?
1: Okay, this is uh, it's been a couple of days since the adventure with the car and the bus in Millennium Square, and I am not working today. I didn't know there was a strike until I got there, but I do know what to do. So I am going to duck into the next building over to get into my hero costume as Tune and stand on one end of the picket line and amplify everything that the workers are saying. I don't know if they've got a, a megaphone, uh, but I assume there is a chant going on. I assume that there are a striking workers who are attempting to communicate with the would-be customers and perhaps even the would-be scabs. And suddenly the things that are being said by the people on the picket line have become very, very
2: loud. All right. I love it.
0: So rolling three dice because this is VR Heights. You got a six. Yes. You push past your limits and become something greater than yourself. How do you inspire the people, Tune. Ooh. so
1: this is a best possible outcome kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Okay. So the presence of Toon on the picket line using her powers in VR Heights, where she's generally thought of as a force for good and a local protector, not only inspires the people on the picket line to stay there and stand up for their demands for more say in how this beloved cafe is run and, you know, maybe a bit of a raise – and some accounting for where all those tips go, because tips on credit cards, you know. They also, for the next half hour or so while I'm doing this, make it extremely difficult for anyone to go in the cafe without being physically bombarded with a basic explanation of how workers deserve a share and how companies are run, and beloved local institutions should treat their workers right. The place empties out. People just stop going in. One of the remaining people inside, probably the assistant manager, who is legally prohibited from joining Striking Workers because the NLRB does that sort of thing, if you're a manager, you can't be on a picket line, calls the co-owner and explains that this isn't going to work and they should just settle the strike. By dinner time, the cafe is temporarily closed for contracts to be written, and Two days later, the place opens and for s- reopens, and for some reason, the regular workers are all back and they're in a slightly better mood.
0: And who in particular? Who is like the leading the leading the strike? Who was it that you really you really helped out here? Uh, let's get a name so, to remember.
1: This is from me and not from the city.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we're de- okay. we
0: deferring to your naming abilities. We're okay. deferring to your na- you are okay. our name generator. So that,
2: that is
1: Ames. Ames is, is, is actually known in VR Heights as an illustrator. You can see some of Ames's murals around. And Ames has gotten work as a, a book illustrator, but that's not a consistent living. And Ames honestly kind of likes the restaurant business as, as crazy as it is. And Ames has been you know behind the counter four days a week at this place for five or 10 years. And I know Ames because... Ames actually did the cover art for the first Tall Tales album. It was like 12 years ago. And I've been trying to get Ames to, you know, do more more work for my projects and the bands I'm in since then. But the truth is, Ames doesn't actually like my music that much, but Ames likes me and is very grateful (laughs) to me for helping out the group of workers of which Ames is a part.
0: All right. Well, I want to check in on the statistics here. So uh, you have uh, saved four people so far, so you have a renown of four. You also have managed to rack up two inspiration points. You'll be able to spend those to add extra dice when we do the rolling. Not a big deal in VR Heights, but hey, if we're going back to kayfabe at all, you may want to spend some of that inspiration. Okay. And the people
1: I've saved would be Ames and uh, Antonia... And Astrid and K.
2: Yeah, so I think now we've got, with the exception of K, we've got three A's. So you can call on Triple A anytime uh, to help you. With I think I think K, K
0: K does not technically count as someone saved. Uh, it was the unnamed owner of the purse. I believe uh, was the first saved
1: individual. Okay, purse owner, and uh, there is honestly no way narratively that Petunia would know whose purse it was.
0: This is true. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to the next card.
2: Our next card is the Queen of Diamonds.
0: So this is another somewhere personal, and this time the city. This is going to be someone connected to Toon's professional life.
2: Do we need a location first or a person first?
0: I mean, they kind of go together. I think is
2: the... okay. I'm thinking Diamonds puts us in University Center. If I'm if I'm not mistaken.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't actually have to be. Okay. For the fa- for for these face cards, it doesn't have to be that suit. Uh, the suit is more like what kind of person.
2: Oh, okay, I see. All right. Oh, all of the suits and the numbers and everything are pulling double duty. I'm I'm forgetting that. Okay, so we need somewhere personal to tune relevant to specifically her professional life. Now, are we talking about her temp? Life, or are we talking about her professional life as a musician?
0: I think probably as her, as the musician. I think is sort of the real professional.
2: Yeah, I, my first instinct is that, um, especially if it is a university center, and it doesn't have to be, but especially if it is a university center, maybe this is a recording space associated with one of the schools. And the person in particular that has the ability to give Toon the opportunity to use that space, maybe when there's no one on the schedule or after hours, is the person that Toon is going to be sharing our next scene with. Do you want a name? Yes, please.
1: Okay. So this is Connor O'Connor, but everyone just calls him Tood because he's so strongly associated with the studio. And he's really gruff, but he's well-meaning. And he has been teaching students at NOSAD how to do audio recording for so long. And so many people have recorded there. This is Tood.
2: Tood is particularly grumpy, as you find him this evening. As the last group to use the recording studio left it in utter disarray, they were not on the schedule. And so he has, unfortunately, no way of knowing exactly who trashed the space. And it falls inexorably to him to put it back in order in time for the next people coming in. But there's nothing he hates more than having to clean up someone else's mess. Unfortunately, that's the state you find him in this evening.
1: (sighs) Oh, no, dude, this does not look good. It looks like we're not getting burgers together tonight. Do you want some help?
2: He nods to you as he picks up another armful of whatever debris has been left behind by this particular hurricane.
1: This is this is how we're going to roll. He certainly knows my identity and my powers. I'm going to lift all the small objects off the floor so that he can just look at them without having to bend down. Oh! And he can point to each one and either take it and put it where it goes or just... Thumbs over the shoulder or thumbs down, and I will put it into the trash bin.
2: You definitely see a visceral reaction from Tude as he struggles with himself to verbalize how grateful he is at not having to stress the old back and the old knees that have already been overstressed from setting up audio equipment over and over again and lugging it everywhere over and over again Um, in his in his younger, wilder days. Oh, yeah. So he's definitely grateful.
1: Is it a Friday night? Yes. Okay. So how late is it?
2: Mm, 9 p.m.
1: Okay. Who's got this place booked, and do you have to be here to, to record them for the rest of the night?
2: I think he would shake his head. He would say um, he's got... Some folks from the college radio station coming in at 10 p.m. to record some kind of pre-recorded bit. They're professionals. They should be able to handle the recording themselves.
1: College radio professionals.
2: College radio professionals, if such a thing exists. <laughs> uh,
1: sadly, sadly, it does. So I think that means when it's all put away, which I think we can do together in an hour, just picking all those things off the floor, using my powers and letting to decide where it goes. The burger joint is absolutely closed, but we can run by the snack shop, get the most ridiculous things, and get them deep fried.
0: Hell yeah.
2: Yes, this is happening. (laughs)
0: Toon, how does this help to center you?
1: It's fun. It connects me to part of my music career that's actually a success, which is being part of a community of mutual assistance around music in new arcadia and it lets me use my powers to help people in the scene without having to keep a secret punch anyone or involve law enforcement so it's basically all of my favorite things except for two
0: and that's where we'll stop this week she may be full of ridiculous deep fried foods now but downfall is coming Listen next week to find out what happens to New Arcadia and what it takes for Tune to overcome. In this run, we've been playing Anyone Can Wear the Mask by Jeff Stormer. You can find it on his Itch page, jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2022. Follow us on Twitter as at Team Up Moves and individually as at Fiona Wim and at Accommodatingly. Check the show notes for spelling. You can find all of our episodes and drop us an email through our website at teamupmoves.com. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.bandcamp.com. And hey, we're a new show. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to help us grow. Thanks for listening, pals. And you know what? Shout out to all the other former professional college radio DJs out there. We have nothing to be ashamed of.